Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ain't a damn thing pretty unless you're talking about the bridge and seaport. Even from the seats in the upper decks, you can see the seashore. Tailgate function with the carne asada. Just walk from the tribal building for the Padres. I'm on it. Yeah, because for the 619, we'll knock you down. Anything for the brown, put it on the town. Started back rocking the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Baby says you want to go to the game. Taught her how to say Padre gang. Good day, everybody. Welcome to episode 243 of the Talking Ferraris podcast and YouTube show. I'm your host, Ben Fadden. It's the day of Mets Cardinals Game 1 Wild Card Series. That'll be later today. But first, I figure let's bring on John Boggs, MLB agent. Uh, he is a very busy guy. Tried to get it done a little bit earlier this year, but today is the day. And so I'm very excited to have him on. John, thank you so much. Thanks uh, for having me on, Ben. It's a real pleasure, and I'm excited to be on this podcast. And I love the rap, but prior to it, the intro, that was good. Thank you. All right, let's get started here. So first off, before we get to kind of your job and stuff, how exciting is it for you to see the San Diego Padres in the postseason? That's great. It, you know, it just uh, brings back uh, just the past times the Padres have been in the postseason. And uh Anytime your home team is in, uh, you know, uh, the postseason and uh, the, the main thing is, you know, getting deeper into the postseason. But to get there is an accomplishment and it's the fruit of fruits of a long season. And uh, I'm excited to see what happens here. Do you have a prediction, any playoff prediction? You know, I don't. I just have a wish. You know, I, okay. I don't want to get too technical about it. You know, a lot of the times, you know, uh, you you start rooting for, you know, your players that are, you know, on playoff teams. And mm -hmm. uh, obviously I, I've got Pierce Johnson on the Padres, so yep. I'm rooting hard. But the other factor is it's your home team in San Diego. And I've been living in San Diego since 1983. And so you're really kind of, uh, you know, rooting for the home team because I know what kind of excitement uh, it brings the city. And uh, it really brings everybody together. And there's just nothing like the electricity of a postseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, that ballpark, uh, when they clinched on Sunday, I was there. It was just amazing. It's been amazing all year, that atmosphere at Petco. And we hope that they get a game back, meaning that they win this wild card series. And then they're facing the Dodgers back at home at Petco. Um, all right. So let's get time kind of your, to your job here. When this season ends, what is that focus like immediately? Is it about, um, like the player option decisions and, and stuff like that? You've got a whole myriad of things, but, you know, you're preparing as the season starts to wind down. You don't have the final statistics. 
So you kind of have a, a, a gray area that, but the minute the season ends, you start really compiling all the, the statistics for your free agents, potential free agents, options that need to be picked up. Uh, there's so many variables that come into play and it's really, you know, people always ask, what is your busier, busiest time? Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's any busier time than this, but it's always busy because you're always dealing with issues. But I tell you, I think April, uh, when people start getting settled in, probably is at least the calmest time. But at the same time, you know, you are hoping and predicting that uh, where you've placed your players is a good fit and it starts to kind of meld together that it becomes a good fit. But sometimes, you know, all of a sudden in April, what was promised isn't, you know, really what is delivered. And you've got to constantly uh, be aware of different changes. So it's ever evolving. I I don't think there's ever a a time that uh, is a downtime. It's always very busy. But, you know, the off season is special because uh, I think my family, especially my wife, is going to wonder when I'm ever going to have a normal Thanksgiving or Christmas because <laughs> they're never normal. You're mm. on the cusp of uh, getting something done. You're, you know, uh, either probably in the stress or that nothing's getting done and nobody enjoys the holidays unless everything is done and completed. Were you able to enjoy it a little bit this year with the lockout? No. <laughs> no. Okay. Still not. <laughs> Okay. Listen, after after COVID and after, you know, that situation, it becomes very aware. That was probably one of the most challenging years because you find out there's no such thing as a guaranteed contract. Uh-huh. So if you're sitting there and you think, well, OK, we've got the finances to keep this ship going. Uh, it's a rude awakening because then all of a sudden everything's relegated to uh, prorated uh, salaries and uh Listen, player doesn't get paid. We don't get paid. So uh, you get that uh, real awareness uh, the minute, uh, you know, those type of challenges hit you. So the lockout, you just didn't know what we were eventually going to deal with. Uh, You know, a compacted uh, season, which means less games, which, again, we get back to the less salaries. So, uh, no, there was there was no relaxing there at all. In fact, I lost a player uh, during that period of time, uh, uh, Kwon Young Kim, who was a Korean player that was with the Cardinals. He was on the verge of being a free agent. But with the unknown of how long that lockout would be, he decided that he was going to go back to Korea and play in Korea. And I think he signed a five-year contract. So, uh, listen, it was great for him, disappointed us. But there's always challenges when you have a protracted delay in the season. Mm-hmm. Now, let's get to arbitration. Pierce, he faces that, I believe, for the next three years uh, after this season's over. What What's that like, those arbitration hearings? I assume that you're in there and the player's in there, and it's against the front office, right? There's a lot of uh, back and forth or analytics involved. Like, what's that like? Right. It's contentious, but uh, just to you know, clarify one thing, mm-hmm. Pierce will not be in the arbitration process because he will be a free agent. That's what we okay. negotiated in his contract that okay. at the end of his term with the Padres, he would be a 20 B free agent. So, uh, but in the arbitration process, Ben, listen, it, it's, you know, when they came up with arbitration, it was a great idea that Marvin Mel- Miller really kind of uh, negotiated into the terms. But as the years have gone by, I think the clubs have become more proactive and making decisions about, who they are going to actually offer, you know, arbitration to. 
because that's really kind of a, you know, a sticky situation because uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, players that aren't tendered. And when you're not tendered, then you're just basically a free agent with the arbitration situation hanging over your head. But uh, it's you're constantly preparing your brief every second while you get up to that arbitration process where either they're going to uh, extend you a contract or not. And if they do extend, you know, the ability to go to arbitration, you are constantly preparing for that. And it's, it's gotten better because uh, we usually hire somebody that comes in and is preparing and getting ready for that as you approach arbitration. I mean, the, you know, the, the clubs always had the benefit because they had obviously a much more uh, a bigger legal department. So the minute you couldn't come to terms prior to the tender date, uh, they'd always flip and say, well, you know, sorry, didn't work out. We're going to hand it over to our legal people. And then, you know, at that point, you either were prepared or you had to scramble to really put your case together. And uh, it's a tenuous process because if you go through the process, it's really um, it's it's it doesn't create a great atmosphere for a player to come back and play for that particular team, because if you can imagine the players there and is witnessing the case being put on and everything that the team is saying is negative about the player. Mm -hmm. And obviously our side is saying something positive. So you can imagine if indeed all you hear is negativity from the team that you have to play for. And let's say you lose the case. Now it's kind of a double negative. You have to have uh, enough presence as the player to understand it is a business, put that aside and go out there and really focus on the job at hand. And that's to produce on the field. And, and that is, is that why you talk about the contentiousness? Is that why we see some teams now? I mean, like this is, this isn't maybe a great example, but like Otani 30 million for next year. Mm -hmm. You're, you can't really go in there and argue against you know, that talent, but is that right. kind of um, why you see some teams give the money to players like that, especially those bigger players, because, Hey, we want this guy back in another contract. Well, you want the player back and you want the player feeling good about the team that he is, he's basically playing for. I mean, there is a human aspect to this. I say it's great to compartmentalize and realize it's a business, but at the same time, there is a human element. And if you're constantly being told in an arbitration hearing that your player is not worth what he's looking for. And in fact, he's, Let's point out all the negatives this player has. Uh, it doesn't create the, the greatest atmosphere in the world mm -hmm. when you show up to spring training. So there's got to be a lot of soothing over and let's get down to the game of baseball. Let's forget the business aspect of the game. And those are the things that, you know, have to really kind of be worked over. And you as a representative, you know, even though there's animosity, whether you won or lost or what have you, You've got to truly, truly try to, you know, appeal to your player to say, listen, you know, that was ugly, but go out there and prove that they're absolutely wrong. But you're right. You got somebody like Otani. And if you've got both sides willing to agree on, you know, uh, a contract, you are far better off doing that than going and battling up to the 11th hour in an arbitration uh, hearing. Mm hmm. Now, let's talk about A.J. Uh, Preller, Padres GM, president of baseball ops. What is he like uh to deal with in negotiations and conversations i mean anyone who knows me knows i'm fascinated with the guy i just want to know like because i've talked to him multiple times but i just want to know from you as like the agent 
point of view, what he's like in those negotiations? No, AJ's very good. Now, I haven't had to do an arm case against AJ. I'm sure it was for, he'd be formidable in that. But again, he is helping put the case together with whoever is going to present the case for the Padres. Uh, I'm not aware of whether he puts on the case or somebody else. I would think probably somebody else, but that could be wrong. But uh, in negotiating with uh, AJ, he knows his stuff and you have to know your stuff. And uh, if he likes a player that you represent, hey, you're pretty fortunate because I've pitched him on a lot of guys in the past and uh, it really hasn't rung his bell. And so you know where you stand with them. But uh, I think it's probably, let's just put it to you this way, it's a little bit more advantageous if you've got a player he really wants because he will do everything to try to get him with that uh, ball club, which is the Padres. And, you know, you, you want a GM like that because he wants to pursue somebody he thinks is going to win for the organization. And obviously, I think this organization is a tremendous organization. I've been in the city since 1983. I've had a lot of players in the Padres organization. And whoever is, you know, in the ownership position is always proven to be uh, – you know, a, a good steward of uh, baseball in San Diego. So I think AJ, he's creative. Uh, you know, I think he's got a perfect ownership group now with the Seidler group, but because they're willing to put money behind what his thought process is. And as a general manager, and I'm speaking uh, after not having been a GM, but if you're a GM, the perfect combination is if management listens to you and management gives you the resources that, uh, you know, produce a winning team on the field. That's the best combination that you're looking for. And I think AJ has it with ownership here in San Diego. And hopefully, uh, you know, uh, tonight at five o'clock Pacific time, it'll be the start of uh, moving in the right direction as far as the playoffs and getting us to the promised land, which is the World Series and obviously a World Series title. I sure hope so. Um with AJ, one more question about him. Has there ever been like a time where you're really pitching him hard on a player and maybe you think that he's going to bite on it? He, you know, you think that he's going to give it to you or like contract wise, like money wise, but you just can't get there. Has that ever happened? Yeah, and it, it, it not only money wise, but, you know, the perception is initially, hey, we have some interest or uh -huh. that interest you continue to. To, to pursue, but it's like in every, you know, with, with every team, or with every player, uh, either that pursuit really starts to develop into something tangible or it starts to fade away. And then you've got to read the tea leaves as to why it's fading away. And a lot of the times you're going to understand that not just from the individual or the club, you're going to understand that from the rumors that are, you know, showing themselves out there in, in, in general media or social, social media. You start going, oh, well, that's why, you know, I haven't gotten a return call. Mm -hmm. It looks like they're in the, onto this player, onto that player. But then the the uh, the job that an agent has to do is vet that out and hopefully get a, an understanding that, hey, listen, is there still interest in my player or has it starting to wane because you, I've read, are interested in X, Y, and Z. And sometimes mm -hmm. they say, no, that's, that's not the case. Uh, you know, we are interested, uh, but, you know, we're dealing with a, a couple other issues. So we'll get back to you or whatever you're reading is not the case, but we do have interest in another player that might affect your player. 
but it's not the one that's being discussed in the media. So mm. there's a lot of, you know, how should I say it? Uh, it's like a kabuki theater. You know, you, you're, you're constantly trying to find out the reality and the truth behind something. And, uh, you know, that's part of the game that you're playing. It's cat and mouse because the offseason and trying to sign players until you get something solidified, you don't know what you have until the deal is done. But more importantly, not the deal is done because you could do the deal. The main principle is if they pass the physical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the key. Yeah. And I was going to ask this question a little bit later, but now that you kind of mentioned it, what is your kind of viewpoint on uh, contract offers or trade offers being leaked through the media? Is it sometimes from your side of things or is it mostly the teams or because I know like the trade deadline, usually the trade offers I'm talking, you know, the Scherzer thing with Ken Rosenthal, obviously mm-hmm. like that was for me, it felt like that's probably, or it could have been Boris, but it feels like that was the nationals trying to use the Padres to get more from the Dodgers. You know, like what are your thoughts on that happening? No, it, it's part of the game. It's definitely mm-hmm. part of the game and the me- media, you know, is right in the middle of a lot of things. You have to trust whoever you're speaking to and have it positioned the right way. But yes, there's times that, uh, you know, something is leaked from the player representation side of it. And sometimes it's leaked from the club side of it. But uh, again, uh, it's, it's something that's not encouraged because, you know, uh, you don't want to start, you know, throwing out things right and left. And then, uh, uh, it not being true or what have you, but there's a purpose behind uh, some leaks to get it, you know, to get in advance of even the perception of the public, because there might right. be, you know, uh, a leak that affects a certain uh, organization. And all of a sudden the public is just absolutely, uh, you know, after it saying, we got to get this guy, we got to sign him, let's go. And that is a perception of, uh, you know, what's come down. And, and trust me, I've had some incidents where I haven't talked to the media at all and something has leaked and a general manager calls me and said, well, we're not going to we're not going to enter into this because this is now in the in the public uh, mainstream and uh, we're, we're not going to play that game. And, I, and I'm basically saying, well, listen, I didn't leak anything, you know, mm-hmm. and they can believe me or not, but. I tend to try to, you know, be as honest as I possibly can, because, again, the only thing you have is your word at some time. And, and you know, this offseason turns into next offseason yeah. and then turns into 24 and 25. And so at some point you have to have a degree of credibility to another ball club that you're not trying to orchestrate something behind the scenes. And you don't know where it, it comes from. You really don't know where it comes from. And, you know, a lot of times I've had some players that are upset even after they've signed saying, how come my salary's out there so quick? And mm-hmm. nobody knows. You know, nobody knows if somebody in the play, at the Players Association or MLB leaks the money or the salary. But usually you just can't really comment on it into detail because that's, you know, it, it's again – you know, it's against your common uh, desire to get to have something out there, but it gets out there. Trust me, you know, and again, everybody, it's just like a sieve. Everybody's leaking to some degree. And, you know, uh, it depends on if that leak really, you can kind of pinpoint it down. If that leak enhances or favors the player side or the organizational side, you be the guess of where that might be coming from. Right. That's one of my favorite things to do, actually, is when those, you know, reports come down, it's like, oh, I can kind of tell that that's coming from the team or whatnot. 
yeah. because sometimes you do like you know you read reports about this team wanting this player or this positional they had this positional need or whatever and you have another team leaking something else and that makes that team want to go harder for that you know position that player that they want so yeah it's it's uh it's an entertaining thing for us fans probably a headache sometimes for you right yeah but it's a cat and mouse game you have to accept right. it you know so many mornings i've woken up uh whether it be social media or in the papers, which eventually gets to social media. And then you get a blurb on your player and go, what the hell, when did that come from? I mean, <laughs> I, I can, I, I tell you the truth. The thing that comes to my mind, I was just amazed that uh, when I was doing Adrian Gonzalez's uh, deal with the Boston Red Sox, I mean, we were in the room and then looking at our computers and some of the things that we had discussed or was, were going to come out were already on social media. And it was just like, now, how is there a bug in the room? I mean, yeah. it, it, it got out so quickly. It was just really kind of hard to fathom because we were all still in the same room discussing certain topics that seemed to be uh, present out there in real time with the social media. So your guess is as good as mine. Either somebody mm -hmm. had a pretty good predictor or somebody had a pretty good idea of uh, what was going to be discussed in that conference room. But uh, it's always uh, kind of an interesting uh, process. And whether it's for the fans or, or what have you, anything in the offseason that, uh, that can keep baseball on the front pages, I think, is a positive to the industry. Uh, and, yeah, I think whether you're on the representation side or the club side, it's all good because guess what? We're talking baseball. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, let's, I want to touch on one more thing with the trade deadline, obviously. That's one of my favorite times a year i mean that has to be absolutely hectic for you how much sleep do you usually get around that time because you're probably talking to the teams informing yeah. player players probably are like well i want to know where i'm going what are you hearing so i'm sure there's constant communication from you absolutely you don't get much sleep uh me on the uh you know west coast uh you know got to be ever present because it gets later in the day on the east coast obviously and it just is so fluid that you want to stay on top of it. And trust me, and not only what's well, free agency trade deadline or what have you, there's a lot of time. Sleep is not a commodity that really uh, is ever present in the representation world because you you're constantly uh, waiting for the phone to ring and at odd times too. I mean, you could spend, uh, you know, every second at the office and then go to, you know, home and you're on the phone the minute you arrive until the wee hours of the morning, because Again, there's really no clock. You know, you're really right. waiting for something to happen uh, at the 11th hour. And usually it does happen at the 11th hour. And sometimes you can't even notify, you know, some people as to even an agreement. Because I remember with Cole Hamels, uh, we came to an agreement with the Atlanta Braves at uh, late in the evening. And it was a crack of dawn where the other teams that were in on Cole were finding out we had already agreed to uh, – you know, terms with the Braves. And so some people are kind of, you know, upset about that. But, you know, it depends on what you agree on and where you are with all these other teams. Right. Yeah. All right. Last one here. I'm just curious, how's the uh, Gwynn family doing? I know we obviously hear Tony Jr. on the radio broadcast. Love hearing him. My mom's always like, I hear Tony every night. Like, it's yeah. perfect. Uh, the last time, uh, I believe I met Alicia, I was actually getting your autograph. I was like 15 or 16 in high school. 
and we went to that Tony Gwynn uh, MLB Network pre-viewing show or whatever at SDSU, and uh-huh. I, I'm talking to you, and Alicia comes up behind me, and it's like, you want that guy's autograph? And I turn <laughs> around, she gives me a huge hug, and so I, I'm going to remember that forever, but how, how's that family doing? Everybody seems to be doing very, very well. And Alicia's hanging in there. I mean, uh, listen, uh, when you lose somebody like Tony in your life, there's always those moments of time that you live your life, but there's always a big void. I know there's a big void in my life. I can only imagine what, uh, you know, the whole family uh, feels at that point. But Alicia's busy. She's got a documentary on Tony that is coming out. She's been very busy on that. And of course, uh, Tony Jr. is doing a tremendous job. I have, I'm blessed to be able to represent him also. And so, uh, you know, after, you know, a period of time when I kept on telling Tony, God, you sound just like your dad. Oh my gosh. That's exactly what your dad would say. And I finally cut that out. And I think it was most appreciated by him. Mm-hmm. And Anisha is doing very well. Her and Kennard, uh, her husband are back on the East coast and she seems to really enjoy the East coast. And, uh, uh, they're just a tremendous family. And, uh, again, as you know, we're lucky to have somebody like Tony jr. That is basically on the airwaves and still really, uh, embedded in the community the way he is and his tremendous family and Elise, his wife have done, you know, tremendous job raising their family. I think, uh, Tony is looking down on them and all of us and, and smiling, especially what the family has done and accomplished and how they've carried their, themselves in the community. Mm-hmm. hopefully tony is uh looking down and smiling real big tonight after the padres bring home a win against the mets john boggs thank you so much for doing this i really appreciate it ben thank you so much for having me on this your podcast and i really enjoyed being here perfect episode 243 talking Friars podcast and youtube show for john boggs ben fadden signing off thank you so much everyone go padres let's hopefully they bring home a win tonight see ya sounds good